Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome into Bet the Edge on this Friday, New Year's Eve, getting ready to kick off 2022 later tonight. Drew is surely dressed for the occasion, looks dashing in that black, I want to say satin outfit. Regardless, <laughs> everyone, happy holidays. Thank you for watching us and joining us all year here on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Coming up, it's a really great way to end 2021 with Thursday. Thor Nystrom's here to handicap the college football playoffs, and he's going to explain which game he's leaning in each semifinal. And it's also a busy, busy 10-game slate in the NBA on New Year's Eve. So Kenny Ducey's here. He's going to detail which game he has circled on the board. And we have our edge of the day. This edge of the day means a little more, trying to kick off 2022 with some wins. Um, we have a lot more coming up here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, what is going on? 2021 coming to an end. A lot of good bets, maybe a few bad ones in there, but that's okay. Let's talk about I don't remember losing any bets in 2021. <laughs> I think, I, think I lost or... one. Uh, yeah, there was probably something in there. No, it's uh, it was a really fun year. It's uh, This is what, uh, you know, we've done a, you know more than, you know, we're coming up on a couple hundred episodes of the show, a lot of betting content. It's been tremendously fun year. So thanks for uh, steering our ship and being the, the fearless leader of Bet the Edge. It's been a tremendous 2021. Uh, yeah, and there is a lot to reflect on over the year. Uh, I think the definitely. thing I want to reflect on first before we get to our best bets was our Halloween edition where you were a hot dog <laughs> in a filter. That was my favorite show. I'll just say that of 2021. I laughed the whole show. Couldn't get a word out. But that was by far and large the funniest episode of any TV thing I have ever done. But let's reflect on our bets. Okay. <laughs> biggest bet. Biggest win before we move on breaking down the college football playoffs of 2021. Which was it? Ooh, okay. My biggest win of the year. Um, okay, so my biggest win of the year for sure was Djokovic over Nadal at the French Open. Nice. Um, I was on an island there. Every sharp player in the community was like, why is Nadal you know, so cheap here? I want to match you. And I, I, I was uh, a little bit overweight on my Djokovic position there just because I was so sure that price was wrong. Uh, ultimately, he came through for me. That was that was um, a, a game changer for me and, and the balance sheet over the course of the year. Although my favorite bet and my favorite sweat was definitely Tokyo Olympics <laughs> under 27 and a half gold medals for Japan. That came down to the last event of the Olympics. We, they land on 27. We talked about that future yeah. in the Olympics like four times on this show, just counting. Incredible. It was incredible, incredible sweat. What about your long shot of the year? Tell me that one. Uh, oh, I know that one. <laughs> you know that one. Getting Urban Meyer first coach fired home at 50 to one was so improbable. I can barely wrap my head around it. Uh, improbable, <laughs> not just that he was fired in his first year as head coach, but uh, improbable because uh, 
John Gruden resigned and they didn't they didn't grade that as the winning play. Uh, So that was pretty wild because he was, you know, Urban Meyer 50 to one was uh, uh, that was the biggest number that I can remember cashing at least. And yeah, maybe that's just because it's recency, but that was amazing. I'll get my negativity out of the way for my worst bets. And we've all had them Um, quite a few. A lot of bad beats this year. I always take a few during the year. One, I recall, can't remember which game. It was a Dodgers game. I know Max Scherzer was pitching. I had the under like seven and a half runs. I think it was like no score. I can go back. I'll just say it. There was like no score going into the eighth inning and then nine runs were scored in the bottom of the eighth through the ninth. So I remember that one. But you know what? I had a lot of good bets, especially in baseball. Otani, my future ticket on him, 22 to one. That did me a solid. Thank you, Shohei Otani, for being an absolutely outstanding player to watch. One of my favorite players to watch for so many reasons and of course solidifying the MVP race quite early on I think also one that I I have a little regret over still was Zach Wheeler for us Mm, but you know what Mac Jones he's gonna take care of that yes let's hoping that comes home in 2022 we had a lot of good bets a lot of fun bets and sweat a lot in 2021 I'm looking forward (laughs) to doing the same um next year we also have a ton of plays to get ready and hopefully kick off the next year throughout the show Drew fairly quickly curious your plans for tonight Oh, we, we just uh, keep it low-key, uh, celebrate at home, and uh, usually watch uh, East Coast New Year's at 9 o'clock here uh, nice. for us on the West Coast. Nice. And, then, uh, and then, you know, sometimes make it up to midnight, but uh, I'll be in rare form for sure either way. What about you? What are you going to do? <laughs> I hope you jump on Twitter and do a Twitter live stream if you're in rare form. One of our researchers and producers, Blake, when you're on, sometimes we'll give each other a heads up when you're on because we want to tune in. I won't be going live on Twitter. Uh, I'll be in San Diego. Ooh, a little more nice. chill scene, dinner, a few drinks, um, rare form or not. I'm not going live on Twitter. I hope everyone has a fun <laughs> night and a ton of plans. Um, the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet is giving you a chance to start off the new year right by winning over one million dollars it starts on saturday with a special pick and roll contest featuring the wizards and bulls where we are guaranteeing a fifty thousand dollar payout you can also get involved in the college bowl season in the premier league before one million bucks is up for grabs on sunday night seven between the vikings and packers if you don't have the predictor app yet download it now yeah start off the new year with million dollars i'll take it Bowl games starting today. We welcome in Thor Nystrom. It is Thursday on this December 31st. Thor, thanks for taking the time and celebrating your New Year's Eve day with us. Let's begin with the Cotton Bowl, my friend. Alabama going against Cincinnati, the first group of five team to ever play in a national championship. You back Cincy in a few spots this year. Um, They're now getting 13 and a half points in the Cotton Bowl. Your adjusted Thor line as I look across right now, is showing Alabama laying eight points. So clearly some point differential in there. There's a lot of things to talk about and break down with this game. I've certainly seen sharp action actually on both sides. So I'm curious your take and where you lean for tonight's game or this afternoon's game rather. Happy New Year, guys. Yeah, I'm going to be on Cincinnati in this game. I, I think Cincinnati matches up really well. I think they match up well even in a vacuum if both teams were at full strength. But both teams will not be at full strength because Alabama is not. Uh, John Mechie, their wide receiver one, is out for this game. Josh Job, their their top cornerback, is out for this game. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, they have everybody. Uh, last year against Georgia, you recall they they controlled Cincinnati controlled that entire game. Probably should have won it. Uh, Georgia had that fifty plus yard field goal at the gun to to win it. But in that game, Cincinnati did not have Sauce Gardner number one. He was one of two All Americans that missed that game for them. They were also without their starting running back Jared Dokes at the, at that time, and they had their best offensive lineman ejected in the first half in, in James Hudson. Then. 
then then you flip the the calendar to, to this year. Cincinnati is one of the most impressive wins that we saw all season going into South Bend, beating Notre Dame. This is a team that's built. I've said this numerous times, but they're built more like a Big Ten uh, program or built more like an SEC program. I, I again on the field, I, I think the matchups work out for for them pretty well. Cincinnati's biggest their biggest weakness as a team is it, it's not on offense or defense. They're very good on both those sides. It's on special teams. Their kicking game stinks, but yeah. Alabama one of their huge defensive weaknesses is finishing drives. They do not force teams into field goal uh, attempts. So I, I like Cincinnati a lot in this game. I'm not only taking the 13 and a half. I think Cincinnati is going to beat Alabama t- today. What? Upset. Upset alert. <laughs> wow. You think Cincinnati's winning outright? Okay. I do. Uh, I remember the last time you went to war with Cincinnati winning outright, and uh, they came home. So I uh, wish you Godspeed. I will bet. I will support you with a uh, with a with a against the spread play. That's for sure. So definitely, Cincinnati has some pretty clear uh, professionals across this defensive side of the football, which should make this a closer scoring, lower scoring game by my estimation. Uh, I just don't know if Cincinnati's offense is going to find much footing against what is a relatively strong Bama defense when they are uh, given a week, a month to prepare. So uh, in another uh, fascinating matchup here against um, an SEC powerhouse in Georgia. Michigan comes in as seven and a half point dogs. And I'm curious if you think this is, is there any reason to expect that we would have seen this exact price if uh, Michigan hadn't looked as good as they had looked against Ohio State and as good as they looked against Iowa? I mean, is this a little bit of an inflation here on Michigan that we can try to, uh, you know, buy low uh, or at least sell high on Michigan and, uh, and buy low on a Georgia team that's coming off of a tough loss in the SEC title game? It, it, that's certainly one way to read it. I, I I do agree with your take that if we hadn't seen what we'd seen in the in the title games, that the this spread would be a little bit different. And some of that is probably um, it's more perception than reality because you know I've said this a couple of times too. I, Georgia did not need to win that game against Alabama to get into the CFP. They're here now, so you could argue for the artificial inflation. However, I'm going to be on Michigan uh, plus the seven and a half here. I think these teams are just so similar um, in, in constitution and everything. Run first teams, defensive dominant teams, both play strong special teams. Michigan's uh, special teams unit is a, is a bit better, but we just saw Michigan go in and, and play a team that. I guess you would consider them more of like a poor man's uh, type Georgia in Iowa and absolutely blasted them. Iowa had a top 10 run defense. It's one of the reasons that I thought they matched up well against Michigan. But Michigan's offense has played better and better and better, you know, into November and then and then into to December. And I, I'm not sure that Georgia, even having the good run defense that they have, I'm not sure that you can control the line of scrimmage against Michigan's offensive line anymore. That's how well the Michigan's playing, you know, on, on offensive line. And then Hassan Haskins has started to run with even more conviction. Blake Corm, we started to see the explosion come back to his game after he got nicked up in, in, in November. I think Michigan can at least keep this game close. That's what I'm expecting in this one. It's 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 two sort of immovable forces going up against each other. I expect a very uh, physical game, a low-scoring game, and I expect Michigan to, to stay within that seven and a half. Super excited to watch this game. I know most of the money, 71% of the handle is coming in on Michigan and that seven and a half um, against Georgia tonight, 7.30 Eastern. All eyes will be on these two games. But let's move on to the Fiesta Bowl tomorrow. Oklahoma State playing a team that I know you love to fade always. That is the Notre Dame <laughs> Golden Domers. Marcus Freeman era begins at Notre Dame. I've heard enough about it in this household than you can imagine. <laughs> Fiesta Bowl right now playing against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's defense was spectacular. But if, and of course, you guys know this, defensive coordinator uh, now went to Ohio State to take the same position. It might be a different looking defense heading into the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame laying two and a half. What do you think, Thor? 
Yeah, so this game, I'm, my ATL system is showing more value on the underdog here than just about in any other game, a top three value oh. according to my system. Uh, I have Oklahoma State minus 4.7, so my line is almost flipped by – I mean, it's flipped, but it's almost by a touchdown of line value is what it's saying. You mentioned the, the coaching changes. So Brian Kelly obviously left for LSU, my family. He, he left for LSU, and, which elevated Marcus Freeman. On the other side, Jim Knowles, he, he left. I want to leave that in 2021, by the way. That video needs to be left in the past. That's all I have to say. J- J- Jim Knowles went to Ohio State. So so the, for me, the coaching stuff more or less negates itself. I, I think where I started to give Oklahoma State uh, some more value, it was both in the on-field matchup, but also the personnel that Notre Dame is missing. Kyron Williams, their star running back, he has opted out. Uh, the star safety, Kyle Hamilton, is not going to return to Notre Dame. It turns out that the injury that he had in November, it, it turns out that it was a season-ending injury. Kyle Hamilton is a top-five overall NFL draft prospect. And Kyron Real- Williams was really the only source of consistent offense that Notre Dame had all season. Notre Dame's offensive line, and, and guys, we talked about this several times during the season, their offensive line had regressed in a way that we haven't seen in a, a Notre Dame offensive line these past several years. They needed Kyron Williams to just churn out three-yard gains. And then also – they, they ended up throwing the ball to him a bunch more th- this year just because they needed to get him the ball in space away from that offensive line. Without Kyron Williams, wh- what are you going to do now? So, so now you go to your backup running back. You, you have this this mediocre quarterback rotation of Jack Cohn and, and Buckner and, and, and all these different guys. I, I'm not sure how they generate offense against a, a legitimate top five FBS defense in Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's awesome against the run. They're also awesome against the pass. They hold teams to the fewest, you know, top five in terms of points per drive allowed and and stuff like that. So I'm not sure how Notre Dame is going to move the ball. And then on the other side, at least we know that Oklahoma State can can grind out first downs when Jalen Warren, their running back, is healthy. Jalen Warren missed the Big 12 championship game against Baylor. Obviously, Oklahoma State ended up getting upset in that game. But Jalen Warren returned to practice last week, so they're going to have their, their starting running back. I like Oklahoma State to win this game. Oh, wow. Okay. For all time's sake. Notre Dame, pick against them. Once more to uh, the well. One more, one more time to the well. Uh, if those of you haven't been following along all fall, this <sighs> has been a, a common theme, and Thor is usually right. <laughs> so it's been enjoyable. I'm um, curious, uh, one more bowl pick from you. I'm looking at the Sugar Bowl here, and uh, honestly, you got to respect the swag that, uh, you know, that Ole Miss is bringing into this game. Uh, they are one-and-a-half-point favorites against a Baylor team that was a surprise this year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as talented. Uh, certainly the coaching advantage, I think, is with Mississippi. Is that enough reason to get involved with Mississippi as a small favorite here? For me, I'm going to be on the other side of this one. I'm okay. going to be on Baylor. I, I think Mississippi maybe is a bit overhyped when when you start to parse their their resume a little bit more. Um, Notre Dame beat three different teams that were ranked top 16 coming into the bowl season, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and BYU. Ole Miss did not beat one team that was in the top 20, and the, and the, the best team they played, Alabama. As you guys recall, they were not competitive in that game whatsoever. They got their butts kicked. The, the final score was 42-21, to 21, but it, it dang near could have been 42 to nothing. This game's an offense against defense uh, sort of game. Baylor is number 21 in EPA defense, or number 22, I'm sorry. Ole Miss is, is number 21. So you have those two things that, you know, in some ways could end up negating themselves. It's just that Baylor's defense, we've seen it travel and we've seen it play really well against good offenses, whereas in the very few games that Ole Miss played against competition that's as good as Baylor, because Ole Miss did not see teams this good very often during the season – um, that offense played way, way down. Ole, people talk about Matt Corral a lot as far as that offense goes. Ole Miss also led the SEC in rushing offense. 
Baylor's run defense is awesome. Ole Miss only played two run defenses that were better than it all season. In those two games, the Rebels averaged 3.0 yards per game. And we've seen what Matt Corral looks like when, when all of a sudden the run game goes away and the defense sort of knows where he's going. He's starting to lock in on receivers. We've also seen Baylor's defense, once that starts to happen, the other way. Um, the, they're a defense that can cause a lot of turnovers. They have an all-American safety. Lane Kiffin's offense is about putting deep safeties into conflict, and then you get the one-on-one clean shots downfield. With Baylor's all-American safety back there, I'm not sure that those one-on-one shots are going to be there. I also think Baylor could take away that running game. I like Baylor to churn out this win. Yeah, Baylor's also just been so good to bet on 9-3 and three against the number in their last 12 games. Most of the money coming in on Old Miss, Thor, you like the other side, the Baylor Bears. We have to ask you as we wrap up 2021, Thor, your favorite bet of the year. What was it? I'm going to, I'm going to toss out a couple. I Cincinnati over Notre Dame and South Bend. I, yeah. And then the other two I would say is I, I picked Baylor to upset both Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. Yes, and I did. also picked Pitt to, to win the ACC. So those would be my favorite ones. Oh, Talk about having a year. <laughs> yes. Congratulations, Thor. Really tremendous job. Appreciate all your content. And, uh, uh you know, my go-to guy for college football at Thor Koo on Twitter. Yeah, check him out on Twitter or on NBCSportsEdge.com. You could look at all of his lines using the adjusted Thor line. Uh, Be sure to check those out before the games today and this weekend. Thor, happy new year. We'll see you in 2022, my friend. My guys, thank you. Appreciate you. Happy new year. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. You can get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer turns to Cole today, today. So visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Remember, all of our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are all included in that one very low Edge Plus subscription. Get a New Year's gift for somebody. Doesn't matter who. Give the gift. Make them become a better better and get some good winners in 2022. Kenny Ducey now joins the show to help us look at this very large NBA slate as we get ready to rock into the new year. Let's start with the game tonight. Bulls playing the Pacers. I know you have this one circled uh, on on the docket for tonight, and I'm looking right now, 91% of the hands all coming in on the Chicago Bulls laying four and a half. Are you on the same side of all this money, or is it the Pacers that intrigue you here, Kenny? 
Yeah, good morning, Sarah. It's really difficult to be on the same side of all this money, but I am on the Chicago Bulls. As I was on the Chicago Bulls, the two times they played an injury-ravaged Hawks team, now, this is a Pacers side that I have not believed in this defense one lick all year long. They're 20th in defense efficiency over the last five games. And they've really struggled to guard pretty much anybody. And when you look on their roster and, and, and really what they're going through with the injury report, Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb and, and some role players not being available for this team, I think it's really going to hurt. Brogdon especially is uh, is a big deal. And when you look at the Chicago Bulls, the strength of their defense, while, yeah, they don't have Alex Caruso and, and Lonzo Ball, um, one of the strengths of their defense has been their rim protection. They've had an incredibly great uh, field goal percentage against in the restricted area. I think that's going to wreak havoc uh, against you know some of their their interior scores. You know, Miles Turner isn't really looked to for a lot of points, but uh, you know they still have Sabonis down there, who's a, a a prolific scorer inside. So I think that that's going to make life very difficult on the Indiana Pacers. I just don't think that they're going to be able to keep up after they allow a lot of points to Chicago Bulls, who are a top five offense over the last five games in terms of efficiency rating. This is just a very complete team to me and a team that should should cover the short spread on the road. I know it's scary. It seems like a trap, but I'm going to walk right into it here. I'm going to I'm going to take them. I'm going to walk into the new year uh, uh, falling right into this trap because, you know, without TJ McConnell, without uh, Chris Duarte and Malcolm Brogdon, I, I just don't see it with the Pacers. Yeah, that over is taking a little bit of money as well. Uh, obviously, Bulls, very, very high-paced offense on top of being very efficient. I agree with your look there. Um, and uh, I'm hopeful that we're on the same page with this New York Knicks matchup against the Oklahoma City Thunder. People who look at the top line may see um, Julius Randle is out for the Knicks and think, oh, no. Knicks without Randall, why would I get involved there at all? Uh, that actually, in my opinion, unlocks the much better lineups, which is some of the getting some of their youth out on the floor, some of their uh, you know some of those younger legs who looked absolutely spectacular in uh, in relief effort against the Pistons the other night. Um, do you think that uh, in general this uh, Knicks side is the uh, is the advantage at minus five against the Oklahoma City Thunder? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you hit the nail on the head there with the Julius Randle situation. Uh, it, you know, if you're not on Knicks Twitter, you're, first of all, you're missing out. But one thing that really went viral, you know, was the Knicks plus minus. I haven't seen people talk about plus minus in like 12 years. Like I was like, what year is it? But the, the discrepancy was so ridiculous. The Knicks starters were awful in this game. And Julius Randle was probably the biggest part. He was two for 11 from the field. Uh, in their win, uh, you know, last time out. And really, uh, it was it was a terrible situation because the Detroit Pistons were missing so many players. This start, the starters just could not figure out a way to score on this team. They were pressing. Randall was, you know, really just forcing up bad shots like he's known to do. The, the subs came in. Obi Toppin was a plus 36. Uh, Deuce McBride was a plus 39. The entire bench was a plus 27 or better. And so that, you know, with that, it's not surprising to see that the Knicks actually have a plus 15.9 net rating with Julius Randle off the floor this year. Of course, the sample size is very small. That's obviously going to come back down to earth a little bit, right? 455 versus uh, just about 1200 minutes with him on. But when you look at the way that he does play offense, he takes the ball. He's a ball-dominant guy. He takes the majority of the shots with the New York Knicks, and he's just not played well this entire season. I think Obi Toppin is a better option at power forward right now just because he's going to share the ball. He's not going to command it and take a lot of shots. And when the Knicks are moving the ball, they can find Alec Burks open in the corner. This is a very lethal team. And so, yeah, again, you look at a short spread here and you say, I I'm a little scared to take the New York Knicks. Is this a trap? Uh, I think this is a theme here. You know, I, I don't I'm not seeing any traps. And 
you know, especially when you look at a Knicks team that's going to be on the road at Oklahoma City, they're uh, four points per 100 possessions better on offense on the road. They're just a better team away from home. I think that this all equates to a big Knicks win, another one. Uh, and I, I know that um, it's it's been a little tough to bet on this team this year. But if you look at the way that they've played over the last five or seven games since losing some guys to COVID, bringing Kemba Walker back, now I think this is really going to be the, the cherry on top. Losing Julius Randle is actually going to help this team. They're going to play this team-oriented basketball that got them so far last year. I really like them to win big, so I'm going to take them to cover the spread against the Thunder. You and Drew on the same side here with the New York Knicks laying five points tonight, total five and a half. Big slate uh, tonight in the NBA. So I got to get your opinion on one more game. You touched on the Atlanta Hawks for a second earlier, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on them now playing the Cavaliers because the Cavs were doing so well. Season-ending injury to Ricky Rubio, awful to see. So now this team has kind of transformed a little bit. Meanwhile, they're playing the Hawks that can't seem to get a continuous lineup on the court due to so many COVID issues. Hawks playing the Cavs. Cavs favorites now. Some money's coming on them now, pushing close to 115 on the money line. Who do you like here, Kenny? Yeah, I'm still going to have to, even though there are, you know, some significant injuries there, Jared Allen being out obviously hurts and Ricky Rubio's injury, as you mentioned, I'm still going to have to go with the Cavaliers here as a a short favorite. I believe they're minus 120 now on the money line of points bet. I'm going to take them because, uh, first of all, I've been fading this Hawks team really all week long, all month long as they've had COVID. And it's because the fact that they can't play defense, right? The, the reason that this team has actually won games this year, the reason that people have bet on this team and, and, and won money with them is this offense, right? This offense has been absolutely explosive, but the offense has also masked the problems defensively. They're around middle of the pack defensively this year, um, 17th in defense efficiency at last check. And, you know, really uh, the, the offense has just exploded, right? With Trey Young coming out of the floor. Well, you know, Trey Young came back. This offense did get a jolt, but uh, he with him right came a lot of defensive miscues. Uh, he's a big defensive liability. This team went into uh, the toilet defensively over the last five games, 25th in defensive efficiency. And while he came back and brought the offense with him, the next game, the Hawks lost Bogdan Bogdanovich, which is a huge deal. So I know that this Hawks injury report is very long. It could look different before tonight. I'm actually going to kind of wait to see if anyone comes off the COVID list. There's this wonderful thing happening in the NBA right now where guys get ruled out and then they get just now they're available all of a sudden, right? We don't know who's in or out on a, on a, a daily basis. And it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I just like to say to Adam Silver, we got to do something about this, man. But anyway, you know, given most of these guys are still out, I'm not a believer in this offense. The defense has been terrible and the Cavaliers still do have Evan Mobley. I like the Cavs to win this game out, right? They're just they're, they're the better team lately. And as we've seen with this COVID situation, you know, guys come back, they're rusty. So even if the if the you know the Hawks are healthy here, we're just we're not really sure what we're gonna get. This has been a bad team for going on a week or two, and, and I'm gonna take the, the Cavs to win at near Pickham. I can't really disagree with that. And I would actually just add uh, this total also looks a little bit low uh, considering uh, what you're getting from the uh, Hawks defensively um, liability in Trey Young defensively and not enough players to kind of make up for that with all their absences. So uh, fun, fun looks overall. What was, uh, as we asked Thor, we let's ask you as well uh, of all of 2021, what stands out in your mind as the most, um, the most glorious win in the betting space? Yeah, I had some great wins, you know, uh, starting in Australia with Aslan Karatsev as a big underdog. And he was like minus 150 oh, wow. against Igor Garasimov, and he, and he only lost one set game the entire match or two games. 
you know, that was fun. I, I also had that moment. Uh, I think well, one of your bad beats was was the, the toe on line of Kevin Durant. We did, of course, go back to bars watching games, and I remember shouting to a crowded bar, it was a two, because I, I was on the Bucks. Uh, but I would say my favorite moment unequivocally and this is really just because I got to become a fan of the team in that moment as a better. I took the Clippers money line in game six of the Western semifinal, mm. Western Conference semifinals against the Jazz. I think everyone remembers this game. They were down 25. I took them on the money line. They were three-point underdogs. And, you know, I went out to the bar with, with my buddy down in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. We were just kind of, you know, just trying to have some fun. We just basically forgot about the game. Now, this is like an upscale type of bar, a bar that people, no one there cares about sports, Drew. But somehow they have the game on three TVs, right? No one's watching the game, right? Uh, everyone's just there to have fun. But, but I'm, we're sitting in the corner. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the Clippers are coming back. We go over to the bar. And we start watching this game. No one else cares. We are screaming because the Clippers cannot stop hitting threes. This is one of the games of the year. Maybe the one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Just because of Mike Breen's calls. You've got Patrick Beverly hitting threes. It, honestly, I don't know if you remember. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. The Clippers, when they were down 12, that arena sounded like they were up seven. By the time they won, they, by the time they took the lead, no one even had energy to cheer. And then, like, they were up – I think they were up with six minutes to go. They are up seven points, and it was basically like the game was over. And you've yeah. got, you know, uh, uh, Reggie Jackson going at Rudy Gobert, flexing on him. Paul George just absolutely showboating. Like, it was crazy, man. Terrence Mann had 39 points. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. I was actually just watching – uh, the highlights while I was waiting for my turn because I was reminiscing on how great that was. <laughs> yeah, for three quarters, um, Terrence Mann was the best player in the NBA. That was literally one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And uh, shout out to Ty Lue, man. Shout out to Ty Lue. He gets it done even with Kawhi Leonard. And that team's going to be back this postseason. Kenny, the one thing I'll say, and that's an awesome win, and we always like to go back and look at those wins. If you ever go missing by for any reason, I know to go to all the New York bars, I'll find you in one of them. <laughs> because the bar was the common theme there. So 2022, I hope you find even better bars and more wins. Yes. Kenny's on Twitter, at Kenny Ducey. You can check out all of his NBA plays, of course, on NBCSportsEdge.com, including his take every single Tuesday. The Late Sweat article comes out with him and a handful of our other NBA cappers. Such a great read. Gives you a ton of action for the NBA slate. Kenny, have a happy and safe new year. Enjoy all of the bars in New York City this week. Thanks. Yeah, I will tonight. And happy new year to you guys. It was a great year being on and looking forward to a good 2022. And Drew, happy tennis season. Tennis is upon us tonight. I'm so excited. Someone say tennis because I could have sworn Drew is ready for tennis <laughs> with his edge of the day. Kenny, thank you. Happy new year. True. What a good setup. Oh, Tennis yeah. is back. Tell your friends. And by tell your friends, I mean, tell your co-host, Sarah Perlman, what you are going with. Tennis and, and tailing you in that space has been incredible over the last year. So it's back. Got some action. Where are we going? Yeah. So as Kenny mentioned, the uh, the tennis season kicks off in earnest. This really it's this afternoon for me. <laughs> it's tomorrow in in Australia. Uh, you know, January first is the start of the new season here. Um, the ATP Cup is in play, and if you don't know what the ATP Cup is, don't be like you know, don't be like, oh, this is this awesome thing that happens every year, and it's oh, this grand history, and everyone knows about. No, this is just the third year they're competing in the ATP Cup, and effectively it matches up um, pairs of 
countrymen against each other. And there are basically, um, you know, just a spirited competition in this round robin tournament and then a knockout round between each country. And uh, so there are two elements to handicapping this tournament. Number one is looking at the individual matchups of tennis players. And then number two, trying to project, well, who will win their group and who will go on to win the ATP Cup. And as I look across these, uh, you know, the players who are involved in this, um, pretty clearly there are two standout uh, superstars. Uh, Daniel Medvedev and Alexander Zverev are both competing for their respective countries, Russia and Germany. Uh, however, um, they have bigger fish to fry in the coming weeks as the Australian Open is just around the corner. Uh, and realistically, with the Novak Djokovic potentially up in the air as far as even being available for the Australian Open, uh, I would not expect that you get them kind of pushing themselves to the limit in this tournament on top of the fact that their uh, support with their countrymen is not super strong. Uh, the deepest team, in my opinion here, is Spain. Spain has a very decent path here. They get Chile in round one. Uh, they can win their group, move on to the knockout round. They probably will not have to play Italy potentially until the finals. And they're five to one to win this tournament, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I would have them about even against Italy if it gets to that stage in the tournament. Way, way, way too many people are forgetting that Matteo Berrettini is still recovering from injury and that Yannick Sinner is still very inexperienced. And I think this is a decent chance for uh, a player like Roberto Bautista Agu, who is an absolute Iron Man. Uh, and really is never out of shape, never informed, does not need time to really get up to speed. He is going to come out of the gate firing in this one, and I think he carries Spain to a title win in the ATP Cup. So I've backed them at 5-1. to one. Fun little play to wrap up the new year, uh, and uh, we'll we'll touch base on how this is doing this time next week. Yeah, we'll have to look in a week. 5-1, to one, you like them. You know I tail all of your NBA and especially tennis plays. I am rooting for Spain in the AT ATP Cup. The famous, world-renowned. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's been going on for a few years. I ride with you on Spain. I'll wrap up the show getting ready for some winners in 2022 with an NFL play. Drew, we are on the same page. I know this because we did Blitzing the Board yesterday. If you haven't watched that on the YouTube channel with me, Drew Warren Sharp, or on Peacock up until kickoff starting tonight. Bengals, plus five, playing the Chiefs. What's going on with this line? I'll tell you right now. Money's coming in on the side we like on the Bengals, currently yeah. sitting at four and a half. You could have got this five and a half earlier in the week. I jumped on at five. Yeah, yeah. Still like it at four and a half. Um, now, listen, the Bengals are hosting. They have not clinched a playoff spot yet. But that can change. That can actually happen on Sunday if they beat the Chiefs with a win over Kansas City. They would actually clinch the AFC North title. And this would be huge. First time they're trying to lock up a playoff spot since 2015. Do I think they win? Not so sure. Do I think they keep it? Probably within three points. I sure do. This is a really big game. I think it's a shootout for many reasons. And can Joe Burrow is the main thing Drew and I talk about a lot. Keep up with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Go head to head. I absolutely think so. The, the Chiefs defense, they've been playing better, of course, over the last few weeks. They really struggled against good offenses throughout the season, though. They lost to the Bills, lost to the Chargers, the Ravens when Lamar was healthy, go back to when Derrick Henry was available. They lost to the Titans then. And the Bengals also have the ability to slow the game down if they need. Joe Mixon's been outstanding, and the Chiefs rank bottom against the run defense. They've allowed three of their last four opponents uh, to end the season to rush for at least 130 yards per game. As I mentioned, Cincinnati is at home. They're trying to lock up this, this playoff spot. They will throw everything they can at this game. Bengals plus four and a half. Get it rocking into 2022, hopefully with the dub. This is one of my favorite plays for NFL Week 17. Oh, man. I could not agree with you more. And it's funny how the year 2021 
ends here. Uh, it started, and I was so excited about Lamar Jackson getting his first ever playoff win against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, that was such a good game and such a great. I moment. was at that game. You were? Oh, that in was Tennessee. that was my, I lived in that was my favorite. Year. That was my favorite NFL moment of 2021, hands down. Not even close. And his performance singularly in that game was so good, and it was so good to see him. Uh, you know, kind of realize a playoff win at long last, get the monkey off his back. Hopefully, he gets healthy and. 2022 legal uh, bettings available in Tennessee. And I was at that game (laughs) for a sports book. And let me tell you, I had some bets rocking in that game. That was a 2021 highlight. Can't believe I forgot that. But yes, that's how it started off 2021. Best, best, uh, that was the best. Uh, and it's, I, I, if you told me then that I would have flipped my allegiance and now be pulling for the Bengals to pull off the upset and clinch the AFC North, uh, I don't think I would have believed you. I'd be like, no, no way, no way. But here we are. Let's go, Bengals. We'll pull. Let's pull off the upset. Let's shock the world. Let's keep the Chiefs out of the one seed. Uh, and uh, you know, I think a perfect weekend really for us as an entertainment, as a as a betting public. Mm-hmm. We would like Tennessee to win by less than less than three or less than four. Less uh, than three, four. Yeah, a field, Tennessee by a field goal. That's totally fine. fine. Uh, that's totally fine. fine. Uh, and then uh, Bengals pull off the victory here. Uh, clinch the AFC North, knock the Chiefs down to the two seed. Um, that makes the, just, just makes things a lot more interesting. If Pat Let's Mahomes just say what we want to, end to start 2022. I want a lot of points from Tampa Bay. I'm talking <laughs> Ooh, 20, yes. 29 plus points. We want a Love big it. win by Green Bay. And I need the Cardinals oh, yes. to keep it close. Just put out what you want to end yes. the year. That'll start off 2022. Yep. Drew, have a happy and safe new year. Everyone listening and watching us. Thanks for being a part of the show for all of 2021. We hope you have an awesome New Year's Eve celebrating tonight. Enjoy the weekend. As always, we wish you nothing but the best of luck with all your bets, and we'll see you back here in 2022. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.